My dad told me a long time ago, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. So three years ago, I met Mark Kinsley and I connected in a way that I haven't connected in a long time. I've been able to now take what I love with all my heart, the betting business, and move it into a place. At 18 years old, he was stabbed. He ended up in the hit show, Undercover Billionaire, and now he's the CEO of the fastest growing mattress franchise in the country. Matt Smith is here in the Sleep Summit show starts right now. Fam.news. Welcome to the Sleep Summit show where we uncover bold ideas with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders making waves in the sleep industry with your host, Mark Kinsley. The very first time I ever did an ice bath was with you cheering me on and saying, do the ice bath. It's going to change your life. Now, this followed some breathing exercises. We were in Vegas. We were in this giant hotel room, and there I am doing an ice bath. That is a perfect way to set up this podcast, I think. Absolutely. Like, um, yeah, podcast. I mean, uh, podcasting. Uh, ice baths have absolutely changed my life, and I love that you're still doing it two or three times a week right now. I'm hopping in. I don't know that it's the 42 degrees that you have at your house in Pueblo, but it still feels very cold. Does it ever get any easier? Absolutely not. But that's the fun part. Like, does life ever get any easier? Like Tony Robbins says, it's like that. I'm telling my mind and my body that I'm doing this every single day. And it's me saying I'm in control because it still sucks. I don't care how many times you do it, but do you not feel amazing when you get out? It's like climbing that 14er or, you know, something pulling those weights up a hill. When you get there, you're like, all right, that was it. I could do that. Yeah, I did it. Game changer. I, what, I started reading up about it a little bit. And, you know, Gary Brecka, who, who I saw spoke with you when we were in Vegas, talked about all the enzyme releases that happen from within your liver that's only yeah. they're called cold shock proteins that's only activated whenever you shock your system with cold and people talk about inflammation reduction that's only like 15 percent of the equation it was really those cold shock proteins going after the nasty free radicals in your body cleaning yourself up and then i also heard another guy talk about there is a dopamine release when you hit an ice bath for about three minutes that's the same level of dopamine as doing cocaine, except it's released over about two and a half hours. Right. Yeah. And the adrenaline rush that it puts in your body, the, you know, the Wim Hof, the facts of like your body needs oxygen and certain diseases can't survive in that cold temperature if you just do that every single day. And, and beyond what athletes use it for, I mean, for the inflammation and for the pain and muscle recovery, like it's crazy. Every time I get in there, that water attacks something different. And it's like, I always go back to my brain, like, what did I do yesterday? Why is my hands hurting in this bath right now? Because it's like, Oh, I played basketball with my son or I did this. And you're like, it's amazing, but your body can heal itself through certain breathing and certain ice baths and a good night's sleep. That's right. We're going to be talking about a great night's sleep. Matt is the CEO of Stu's Mattress Company. He is an entrepreneur unlike anybody I've ever met in my life. Uh, positive people on the planet, surrounds himself with amazing human beings and has had a wild adventure. We set it up a little bit, but here, here's the thing. In addition to all the wild adventures that I know about, we're also going to find out where is the strangest place Matt Smith has ever slept. And before we get to all of this and telling Matt's story, we have our Sleep Summit quiz question of the day. Okay, Matt, here's the quiz question. You're going to have to save your answer, but you're gonna get, I'm going to give you a little hint. What percentage of people dream entirely in black and white? 
Don't answer yet, but what percentage of people dream entirely in black and white? And if you want to hint toward the end of the show, maybe I'll give, and I, I chose this question specifically because for those of people who are watching on YouTube or watching on LinkedIn or watching on Instagram, Matt has a very colorful background. Mine, it just is in black and white. It's gray. Boring. I just, you know, I'm, a, I'm like Planet Fitness. I'm the judgment-free zone off my desk. You know, I'm just a hot mess all the time. No judging here. I've just got the, the simple gray background and the sure mic on the swing arm. And man, you are a colorful person. You're a colorful Perfect. personality. And I can't wait to tell some of these stories. Now, I'm, I'm not going to start with you getting stabbed, but we're going to get to that. What I want to start with is what I noticed in Las Vegas. In between you know, doing ice baths and having fun, we were walking the halls at this conference. And about every 10 yards, people would stop and say, are you Matt Smith from Undercover Billionaire? And you would smile and say yes and have fun with him. And I invariably turned into your hype man and I would grab, I said, look, get a picture with Matt. Take a picture with Matt. Tell, yeah. tell us the story about ending up on Undercover Billionaire and how that relates to the mattress business. Just paint a picture for us. Take us. Uh, yes, so many, so many things, but uh, you know, long story short, uh, you know, I was uh, raised by a single mother, two boys, you know, uh, I always knew that I wanted to figure out this money thing. Cause my mom never really understood money, nor did she care about money. It wasn't that she was broke, but she was broke, but she didn't know the difference. So I didn't know the difference. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know if you don't have money, if you don't act like it. But, um, I always knew that I wanted to, to make up for a single mother and be a, you know, the best father I could be he wrote a book about that. And then I wanted to figure out this money thing. And, and at an early age, I got into the mattress business, uh, 19, I got recruited out of selling cell phones in the Walmart kiosk of Comnet cellular in a little tiny booth. I was grabbing people into my booth at Walmart and trying to sell them cell phones. Somebody pulled me into the mattress game. Uh, and then fast forward, you know, probably five years into the mattress game, I think I realized that I was working for an unbelievable organization, but I also realized that I was going to be capped on on amount of money I could make and how far I wanted to go if I didn't want to travel and climb this pyramid thing. So I needed to figure it out on my own. So I became kind of the, the king of side hustles. You know, I had a party bus business. I had a carpet cleaning business, a tuxedo business, a spa, uh, uh, a handyman business. I just, I, I started opening all these businesses. I was, I was While I was selling mattresses, mind you, every single day for 12 hours a day, but I was trying to figure out, okay, how does business work and how does all of this stuff work? So I think this community started to know me as Oh, Matt's opening another business or, oh, there's a tuxedo company. Like he's going to save that thing and do this and fix this. So it was always like, I was known in this community for that. And then undercover billionaire comes around. Grant Cardone was dropped off into our town. He had a hundred dollars to his name and he had a truck and his, his mission was to sell or to make a million dollar business in less than 90 days. So he was the guy that dropped off very intelligent strategies that he had. Like, who do I got to meet? What do I got to go? But ultimately, when he's talked to several people in this community, I was already known as the idiot that's fearless about opening another business. So they were like, if you want to open a business in this town, you got to talk to that Matt Smith guy. Uh, so again, I mean, I think I built the muscle. I'd opened several businesses. By the time I met him, they all showed up with Discovery Channel, um, probably like eight black vans and like 20 people with drones and stuff everywhere. Like it was a pretty intense filming. And I'm like, okay, something special's happened. I have no idea what's going on here, but like, uh, let's let's figure this out. So the rest is history. We opened Wake Up Pueblo, which is a marketing company here. And uh, I've met a lot of amazing people and friends. You got to go to the TEDx community. You got to see how powerful, how many lives have been changed through this community. But Grant Cardone is a powerhouse. Like he's really inspired some people. Um, they continued, that needed that inspiration in their life at whatever time they were in their life. So uh, 
Yeah. So I spent uh, about 120 days with cameras following me and my wife, everything we did. And I thought they were following me because I thought I was cool, but really that was the cover-up story. That wasn't about me. It was about this other guy and they weren't following me because they wanted to follow me. All that stuff got thrown away. they like, I think they didn't even turn the camera on. They followed me and like, hey, Matt, tell us about this. I don't think the cameras were even on now that I realized what was going on there. So that's my red light. Isn't there supposed to be a red light on when you're pointing the camera at me? No, in hindsight, I would have been looking for the red light. Now tell me, what did Grant tell you he was doing, who he was, and what was your thought process along the way? Yeah, so he he came in as Lewis Curtis, and I'll tell you, like, the Discovery Channel, I mean, 15 to 20 employees had fake names, fake Facebooks, fake Instagrams, fake phone numbers, fake business cards. They played this out. This wasn't like, hey, let's see if we can bamboozle him. No, they had every strategy to make sure they didn't cover anything up, and then Lewis Curtis had his own name. He was Lewis Curtis had a truck into the community and said, hey, I want to move to Pueblo, and I kind of want to start a business. So... You know, I mean, one of the lessons that I tell everybody on on the first season or the first episode was like, I ended up writing him a $10,000 check after he had been in my life. But everybody's like, hey, I want a $10,000 check. He just showed up and you wrote him a check. And I'm like, no, it wasn't that easy. Like he literally, I'll never forget. He was like, how do I increase your carpet cleaning business, your mattress business, or your, your gym? How do I help increase that? And he was like, I want to show you how I can market and do this. And I was like, okay, like just like any other opportunity, teach me how to save money or make money. And I want to share. So I'm like, all right, like, how, what's in it for you, Mr. Lewis Curtis? And he goes, nothing. I don't want anything. I just want to prove myself, and then I'll come back and talk for about money. And I was like, all right, put me in, coach. So I literally said, go do your thing. He came out in pajamas. We did all this crazy guerrilla marketing that I hadn't done in years. That had so much fun, but the sales went up. And I said, okay, this guy is the real deal. So partnered, and we uh, went down a lot of different things from Asahi bowls to apartments to all kinds of stuff. And we ended up uh, doing a marketing company. That's the building I'm in right now at the theater above us. And it's the headquarters for Snooze International. That's incredible. And so whenever Undercover Billionaire came to town and they were filming, did, did you answer this part? What did they tell you they were actually filming about Curtis and about- Oh yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, so they said, Lewis Curtis, so the, the, the whole documentary, when they came in, they said, hey, we work for American Pride and our 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 job is to- find the beat up old communities and show them that the American dream is still alive. So they came in saying, Hey, Pueblo has been beat down, but Pueblo is a pretty awesome place. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm the guy to tell that story. Cause I love this community. Anybody that knows me knows how passionate I'm about Pueblo. And I hate that it gets a bad rap sometimes against Denver Springs. And I'm like, no, Pueblo's better. Let me tell you why. So I thought, okay, that's why they picked me because I'm probably passionate, you know, very Pueblo passionate. So I wanted to be able to help tell that story. So the side story was that it was me when I was a politician, like following me around saying, okay, how are you going to change the community? Me with my kids saying, okay, this is your community of kids. So they, you know, I was probably on camera for a thousand hours and, and a lot of that was without Grant because they were covering me thinking it was that. And then Grant coming in was just, Hey, this makes sense, man. This other guy's moving to Pueblo too. You should partner with him. As we tell this story about Pueblo can even, you can even build a business in Pueblo, Colorado. And I'm like, all right, you know, let's go. So, and then we, you know, it started to dear. Towards the end of the season, it started to be me and him, and the stories turned into like, oh, they're opening a business in Pueblo, Colorado. Let's show that we can still do this and the dream's alive. That's brilliant, by the way. That's genius. Like, oh, this guy just happened to be here doing this thing, and he's entrepreneurial, and he's trying to make his way up. And we got this wild guy that's Pueblo passionate over here, and we know he's doing his thing. Like, you guys should kind of meet. Yeah. Talk about orchestrating it. You know those producers. They got to be good. Oh, they're so good. And then even after we met, like, I still only saw him for like an hour out of every 10 hours I was filming. So it still looked like it was about me. Like, so they did all these non-camera, maybe, I mean, I still want the footage. Discovery Channel, if you're watching this, I just want the behind the scenes. Come on. Bring it, come on. 
Bring it on. Why are you holding it back? Get it out of the archives. People want it. Yeah. We want to see this, I think. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, yeah. So they did a really, really brilliant job of covering the story from beginning to end in my eyes. We're talking to Matt Smith. He is the CEO of Snooze Mattress Company, Wake Up Pueblo. You have the largest Snap Fitness franchise in the country still. In the world. In the world. Uh, Still doing carpet cleaning or no? Carpet cleaning business? We're not. No, we're just in the snooze is it like snooze is. I mean, wake up. It's a lot with snooze. Snooze is a lot with that, you know, that branding. And then I've been in the gym business for 15 years and I just, I love what I do out there. So, but everything else I have sold off. Everything else you sold off. Okay. So now I'm going to backtrack a little bit because we started talking about how you got recruited away from the Walmart cell phone stand at about 19 years old and brought over to an incredible organization where you started selling mattresses. But just before you started selling cell phones at Walmart, you were stabbed. What's that story? Yeah, kids, don't try this at home. But it was somewhere in that time frame. So uh, somewhere in that frame, I was I sold the Radio Shack discount tire, kept getting recruited on kind of up into the next job or whatever it may be. But um, I do. In my book, in the chapter one, I talk about being stabbed and it being the best absolute thing that ever happened to me. And I was always a guy that knew right from wrong. I was raised by the most beautiful angel on earth. Uh, my mother, uh, rest in peace, but she literally, what she didn't have in money, she made up for love for us. So uh, don't construe that I was a troubled kid in any which way, but I hung out with guys that like to fight here and there. And uh, you know, I had, I had my share of, of drinking beers and, and having some fun and dancings and stuff. And one night, long story short, uh, New Year's Eve, there was a, a little party thing happening. And, and one thing led to another. I tried to break it all up. And in, in the loo rev, I got in the middle of it all. And it was like the stuff you see in the movies. There's like eight of us and like 30 of them. And they had baseball bats and, and knives and stuff. And then it kind of went together. Next thing you know, I spent two days in the hospital. Uh, it was an inch away from my spine. Said I would have been paralyzed from the waist down if it hit my spine. But beyond that, the, the biggest takeaway is my grandma walks into the hospital. And she stands at the door. So she's sitting at the door of the hospital. I'm still laughing and I'm like playing with my adjustable bed, not knowing I was going to change the world with adjustable bed sometimes. But I literally was playing with a buddy and she walks in and she shakes her head, like doesn't even walk into the room, just an absolute disappointment and walks away. And I just remember that feeling. And I'm like, this isn't me. This isn't who I want to be. And from that day, never got in a fight again, never stayed in the lead bar hopping, never did anything, changed the direction of my life, got into mattresses. And it, to this day, was the best thing that ever happened to me by far. It was that aha, like, is this really what I want out of life? Because I'm better than this. And my mom raised me better than this. And now it's time to prove it. Prove it. Prove it. That's what I did. Rest is history. When patterns are interrupted, new worlds emerge. Take me back to that moment, though. The, The fight was happening. You guys are outnumbered. And somebody clearly stabbed you in the back, it sounds like, near your spine. Me and four people got stabbed, yeah. You Same person. People. So this one person stabbed four other people and the other three people ended up in the hospital as well. Two of us did. One was close to his heart. Mine was close to my spine. Everybody else got out. Everybody else got out. And what happens after the stabbing begins? Does it continue or does the fight break up at that point? And uh, it continued on. I mean, it was definitely a blur, but what I remember is somebody in the crowd going, Oh my God, you're bleeding. And your my back was just soaking wet. Like I didn't feel it. I didn't know what was going on. There was adrenaline, but my whole back was just soaking wet from head to toe. 
when it was all said and done, we went to a buddy's house and there was a couple of us there that were like, we should probably go to the hospital. I don't know how to hide this from my mom. This is uh, one of those moments that I'm like, all right, let's, uh, let's go figure this out. And uh, yes, a couple of them, it wasn't as bad, but there was two of us and it was pretty, pretty bad. And so obviously you're okay. You spent a couple of days in the hospital. Your, your mind frame starts to shift at that point and you recognize, Hey, this is who I am. I'm, I'm a, I'm a good young man. Um, I'm, I want to be the person that my mother raised. I want to make sure that my grandmother isn't disappointed in me. Yeah. I want to figure out, like you said, this, this money game and this dad game. And what, what were those next few years like for you though, as you started making your way in the world? Was it, was it a tough time to, to kind of shed some of that dead skin or how did you do it? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think I was always trying to lead and I was never like a follower. I never got into it because somebody pulled me into it. I was never that guy. So I think, and I, I'm, I'm this weird guy. And we talk about this before Mark is like, when I say I'm going to do an ice bath every day, I just, I do it. And when I say I'm going to run a marathon, I go start to finish and I'll finish it. Like, it's just, it's that whole trigger. And I think at that moment, I just turned it off and I started reading rich dad, poor dad and how to influence and influence others and start showing up at chamber events. And I just, I just triggered something in my brain. That's like, okay, now you're going to get into this. Now, how do you be the best in that industry? And how do you be the best in that world? And, uh, I never looked back. Like I, not once did I go back and say, poor me. And gosh, I could have done that so differently. It was like, all right, close that chapter. Let's run as fast as we can the other way. So I think I was very committed at that moment. And, you know, again, I don't, I don't think I like if people think like, oh my God, you got stabbed. Like it wasn't like I was in gangs and I was like going around robbing banks or anything. It was like, I was, a, I was always had a good head. And I, I always known right for wrong. My mom was amazing, but I just sometimes hung out with people that were, and normally I stayed out of it. I'm like, ah, you guys do your thing. But just that particular night I had to try to stop it. It didn't work out that way. Yeah. Pretty big guy too. But it's the best thing never happened. Like you could have taken that like poor me. And like, I'm like, no, absolutely not. This is my aha moment. And I'm going to seize that moment. So you, you turn your life in, in the direction you want it to go. You start sprinting because that's what Matt Smith does. And like you said, let's, let's go back just for a moment to this marathon thing that you breezed right over. Didn't you sign up for like a 5k or a 10k? It was a half. So I, I'd never done over 3k in my life and I did 3k like the week before. So I was like, I'm going to sign up for half. So I just put on my bucket list. I have a, I have a, 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 a this is what I wanted. It was just a plaque over here that said I did it. And it's in my office over here. Okay. Like, I'm not going to move my camera. I don't know how. Metal. I get it. But anyway, so I, I signed up because it was January. I always do bu- bucket list. So every year I always set my New Year's resolutions. What am I going to do this year that scares the shit out of me? And what am I going to do to do something different that I didn't do the year before? And that was like, I hate running. I've always hated running, but I've always wanted to understand running because with traveling schedules, if you put shoes on, you can just go. You know what I mean? And keep yourself in a little bit of shape. So I was always like, I want to understand this. So I just said, I'm going to do, buck- I'm going to, I'm going to do a marathon of that year. And uh, it went from, January to I think the first one with close to us was in March and it was uh in Lamar, Colorado. So I just signed up for a half. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm just gonna do my first half, one foot in front of the other, I'll figure it out. So I, I ran three miles and then I was gonna do the 13, 13.2, 13.6, 13.1. Yeah. So I, I I ran three miles and then I was like, I'll just do that. And then about three miles into it, maybe four miles, I remember calling my wife on my little earphones and I'm like, This sucks. My body's going numb, like I need more salt in my diet. Like, I'm not even sure what my head's going through and I'm on mile four, but it's going to suck at 13 and it's going to suck at 26. So I'm just going to do 26 if you're cool with hanging tight a little bit. And she was like, you're an idiot, but I support you and we'll be here on the sidelines. So I just did 26 and I've never done it again. I might not ever do it again, but I checked it off my list and I moved on for the day. Like I'm done and I was not in like the tip top shape. 
nor uh, did I finish anywhere near the top of the performers, but I finished. That's what I care. That's all you wanted. On that day, you're, you That's showed it. up and you said, I'm going to finish this thing. 100%. It wasn't like the crazy workouts that you do in your garage that are really hard to finish. Those wake up workouts. You very conveniently, by the way, had a haircut scheduled at, at really close to the end of the workout. Scheduled that appointment, by the way. But yes, the minute the Tara was like, hey, I got somewhere to be. I'm like, Mark, I'm never going to make my appointment. If not, and I'm dying of sweat. I'm like, what is this wake up workout for? I think Eric was borderline about to have a heart attack off of your workout, by the way. Yeah, George and Eric, they have to text me back very often. Like, they're. I think they're upset at me. I'm, I'm going to see if the Christmas card counts. Sorry, E.T. Sorry, sorry, George. Um, yes. You're a machine, man. I, I just love your energy, your enthusiasm. You're a machine. Just like the, the mind frame that you have is so important, I think, just as a concept to, to, to pause on. I mean, I know people come around asking you for advice and like, how did you do it, Matt? How are you doing it, Matt? And I think, I mean, from being your friend and spending time with you, so much of it is just this mentality, which... I relate to, which is, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. And then I'm going to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. No. And that's, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's, I mean, anybody out there listening, I think that you have that and that you're one of my favorite humans on the planet. We got really close in the last several months. You know, the more I get to know you and your wife, the more I, I love and adore you guys, but you're very like-minded, you're doers. You know what I mean? I think in so many people in the world of entrepreneurship or business, you think about it. Like, I'm not a thinker. Like, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to get back up. I'm going to do it a little bit stronger and harder the next time. But success is the only way it's going to come out of there. You either learn or, or you win. Like, failure is not an option, but you're going to learn a lot of, lot, a lot of times when you fall on your face. And I just think that if you could mentally, the most successful people in the world, you just have to pick that moment and just go for it because it is not going to be easy. It is going to be tough. And you and I both know, like, podcasting, this is awesome. We can smile, but there's, there's some sleepless nights that go into everything we do. And some hard decisions go in everything we do, but we're also determined to win, you know, and, and attitude and positivity, I believe is a muscle. I think optimism is a muscle. The more times you use it, the more that throw anything at me, I'll get right through it. I don't care what problem you want to throw at me. I'm going to tell you how to solve it and move on with a smile on my face because I've dealt with so many of them. And I think when I met Grant, that was a muscle. Like I tell everybody, like, I think a lot of people would have met him for the first time and been like, Ooh, I don't know about opening up business with some random guy. But at that moment, I think I'd own nine or 10 businesses in my life. So I'm like, Put me in, coach. Like, let's figure this out. Because I already built the muscle. Like, I knew I could count on myself. And if I bet on myself, I win every single time. And I think that that's any listeners out there, you and I have that in common. But that is, I think every successful person has that in common. It's not luck. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Same thing with you. But mentality is the hardest part. You've got to keep headstrong and you got to figure out if it's an ice bath, if it's a running, if it's a meditating. Like, how do you get you time to be able to dominate in the world? And sometimes dominating is just getting through the moments. You know, the moments whenever you feel something's like it's a trough. I love, I heard this advice a long time ago, um, but it took me a while to process it and actually apply it. But once I did, it was a big flip of the switch in my mind. And, and the advice was just say good. No matter what happens, say good. So if you force yourself to say good, this allows me to be more creative. Good. This allows me to grow in some unexpected way. Good. This allows me to deepen my emotional mm. resilience. Good. So no matter what happens to you by saying, like, if you force yourself to first say good, like you said, instead of getting stabbed in the back, literally it's saying, what was me? You looked at that in the moment, especially when your grandma was shaking her head back and forth. And you said, good. Who does this, this highlighted some, something mm -hmm. about me that I had been ignoring this surfaced who I, who I need to be, who I want to be. 
And so then, I just, I, if you could force yourself just for the moment to say good and get through that trough well, by saying good and figuring out how to be more creative, more resilient, whatever it is, it's a great principle. I absolutely love that. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave that at that. You did, you, they, yeah, you perfectly said. I mean, I just, I believe that the the mind talk is so powerful. And as a dad, like, I truly, and I see this so consciously now that I was with a friend that I haven't seen in a while on Sunday, right after church. And I was talking to this guy and he goes, oh, my son, uh, he's, he's just got shy recently. He's really shy. And he's saying this in front of his son. And to me, I'm like, you know what you're doing to your kid right now? Like, but people don't realize it. It's conversation. And then they feel like they're up to justify their kid. That's not going, hi, Matt. Nice to meet you. I don't, nobody needs that, but you've got to give your own kids confidence. You've got to give yourself mental confidence. You've got to give your team's confidence, but you've got to, you've got to inspire greatness. And I believe as a parent, that's so powerful of like, your job is to tell them that everything is possible and the sky is the effing limit. Like there's nothing that your kid cannot do and that they're the best in the world at everything they do. And that is our jobs. And I believe that you tell yourself that that's how you win at life. Like what you're saying right now. Good, good. Like you're, you're great. I'm the best in the world at what I do right now. And I need to know that every morning because this is not easy. Like it's going to take something out there, but same thing for the kids and for yourself. You got to have that mental talk of, you know, this, this was hot. What do I do with that? I don't touch that again, but how do I learn from this thing as well too? So hundred percent. And I'm sure when you saw the dad talking to his kid, you probably went back to the book, how to win friends and influence people and thought, you give people an expectation to live up to. You're giving your son an expectation to live up to of being shy. Don't do that. I can see, I can see you in that moment. I can picture you. And it's like, I, but it's not like, an, it's, it's awkward to say something. So it's like, yeah, he's going to judge me if I say, hey, dude, do me a favor. Like, you know, it's, it was a weird time that I'm like, but it's, it's more that I've written the brooch and that I talk about it more, the more that it's now conscious on everything that people say when they're talking to their kids at a baseball game and tell them that they suck and they need to get better as opposed to, man, you did a great job. Let's learn from this, this, and this. Like, it's life and it's self-talk and, and it's so powerful to living a fun, confident life. Like I could be, I could lose everything tomorrow and I guarantee you I'll be smiling and happy because that's just who I am. But I've also like, this is all noise, like money's noise, all this other, it's my family and the protection of friends and people like you in my life. That's what I protect. But it's it, that, that positive mentality will get you through life. Like just, but you got to work on it. Man, I've seen you with your, your wife, your wonderful, amazing, just effervescent, hilarious wife, Jenny, who I just adore. And who adores you and your wife? She's so amazing. They're like the same person. Our wives are pretty close to the same person. I remember when our wives first met, it was just one of those moments we kind of peeled off to the side and yeah. we're like, we feel like we're watching our wives fall <laughs> in love with somebody else. It feels really strange. Yes, dude, too. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm driving from, from convention and Vegas and my wife is like giddy. Like she just met this new boy in her life. And she's like, oh, when me and Terry talked about this saying, oh, we're doing this and this. And I'm like, what is this? This is the most awkward, awesome thing I've ever heard in my life. But it's awesome. They love each other. They're so great. So but I love you. So it works out perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, your kid, I've seen you with your kids and I love you too. And I've seen you with your kids and I've seen you walk the walk, talk the talk, inspire people, but actually like be the dad that you want your kids to have and, and maybe inspire your kids to be the, the, the greatest dads they can be and, and, and mother for Paisley. Um, and I just, you know, if you, if you don't follow Matt Smith on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, you definitely should because he's got all kinds of like this type of inspiration that you're getting right here on the Sleep Summit Show podcast. He has hilarious moments with his family, 
in business dealings, his travels. One of the cutest moments I think I've ever seen, period, was Uh-oh. whenever you were ice fishing with your kids. And the, the littlest one, uh, Preston. Preston, yeah. Preston, the littlest one. You, you caught a fish in the ice. So you had your, your hut set up and it's really cold and you, you got your hats on and the kids are yeah. sitting and, uh, and so you catch the fish and you're holding the fish and they, they were trying to figure out, should, should we put it back? Should yeah. We keep it? Should we put it back? <laughs> so he said, he said, um, we should put it back, um, with its family. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we'll put it back with your family. And then he said, he goes, fish, we just wanted to see you. <laughs> we, just, we just wanted to see you. We wanted to say hi. We wanted to see you. But now we can go back to your family now. Thanks for letting us see you. He's three. It was three at the time. It's the cutest little thing. You're so right, though. It's so special. He's like, I just wanted to see you. <laughs> well, so you can tell kids that have such warm spirits like that, and they just have amazing parents. And I know you and Jenny just Appreciate set such it. a great example. And you set a great example for your company and your employees and your business. I want to get into Snooze for a minute because Snooze Mattress Company has really kind of taken the nation by storm. You, you get, I mean, you've told me behind the scenes, you're getting sometimes minimum 20 phone calls a day. What is it about Snooze that's resonating with people? T- talk about the business model. Just, just paint that picture for us. Well, Mark, we're just really cool at Snooze Mattress Company. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> no. Um, truly like, I mean, I think we're on a mission to change the, the industry a little bit as much as we can, because this industry and, you know, in some areas is really stagnant and needs a little bit of shakeup, but we're trying to bring in like some of the, you know, the 10 X and the Cardone people, you know, not necessarily, in, in, but investors and different people that understand different parts of the business. If we're going to redefine this industry, we need different, we need to change up who's a part of this in the conversation. Something that you and I have such in common that we could literally get off of this thing and talk for 17 hours straight about sleep and redefining it and health. And I believe that that's what's missing. And you know it and I know it, but not everybody knows that. And it's like, how do you change this conversation where sleep is more important than going to your doctor to go get prescriptions or whatever it may be, because this is healing your own body. So it, to me, it was like, okay, how do you disrupt the sleep industry to help people? Like just change the conversation. Like there's a lot of people doing an amazing job and I'm not saying we're doing it better than other people. There's some people that are really focused on that, but there's also some people that have just, they've third generations and they're just, they're making money, but they're dirty windows. They don't care about the customer experience. They've just been around for a long time. And it's like, how do you change the conversation where like this weekend was a prime example. I was at Ryder. We're partnering with some, some deliveries and I was talking to the, the general manager asking her how they sleep. And she was just, everybody's got a story about sleep, but then I was able to set them an appointment. They came in for an appointment. Bought a, 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 a adjustable Tempur-Pedic, sheath pillows, fats, all, but it changed her mentality on, holy crap, I didn't realize the importance of sleep. Like before I came in here, I was like, oh, I got to buy a new mattress and dreading that experience one more time. And I think when we came into this, it was, it, it still is to this day, like helping 20 million people sleep better because of the name snooze. And if that's because we came up with a, a, a eye mask that massages your eyeballs, or a sleep sound machine on the side of you or the smeller in your room, or just teach you how to do it. And you could still go buy a sleep number down the street because they're awesome for what you're looking for. But I still want to teach you how to get the environment better. Um, and so it was really like, how do we disrupt that conversation? Really bring this industry into, you know, from a franchise standpoint into like, we wear pajamas when you walk in. So it's fun. Like we gotta be fun. We have pillow fights at every grand opening. We have a blip at this next grand opening. I got a giant bus that we're about to redo some cool stuff, but it's really like, how do we continue to evolve 
but bring fun into this industry, but really bring the importance. If we could, you know, one thing that Gary Brecka and I talked about uh, it, uh, when I was reading the podcast with him is the, the generational wealth is something that every entrepreneur out there talks. What about generational health? What about generational health and generational sleep? We coined this on a podcast together, but I, I believe he's doing it from the, the, the physiology part of it. And I'm like, we're doing it from the sleep part of it. Like you understand health, you understand sleep. Now your children and their children's children will understand the importance of time zones and putting this together right and to do all that stuff. So I'm just a, I'm a huge believer that we got to change that conversation, not even at snooze, just outside of everything we're doing. And I know you, like you bring so many people into a world that you do that are competitors that are all like-minded trying to grow. And you're very particular about who you bring in there for that reason. But to me, that was snooze. Like let's, let's create a model that'll disrupt, but that'll change that community through overall health. I can't tell you how many testimonials we have that somebody was like, I didn't, I didn't slept with my wife. I haven't slept with my husband. I haven't slept over three hours until I came into snooze. So it was really like, okay, how do you change that? And then how do you continue to disrupt the industry and then partner with the big people out there? Like, how do you partner with the right people to make sure that success breeds success and create more entrepreneurs? Like I was, I was the avatar at a company with that made some really good money. I loved my job. I loved everything about it, but I wasn't necessarily protecting my generational health or my, my family's health. And what's next? You know, I was, I was living in the moment. So I really, I want to give that opportunity to hundreds, you know, make hundreds of millionaires because you got the opportunity and then you ran with that opportunity. And now that community is better because of it. And your next generation family is better because of it. So, you know, I think everything we do in there is just the business plan is disruption and, and trying to make ourselves obsolete every single month or somebody else is going to do it. So we wear pajamas. It's awesome. But I always see other people wearing pajamas. We're doing this dream. I see other people doing this stuff. So it's really like you can't reinvent it, but you got to shake it up and you got to continue to just do it for the right reasons. Be passionate. Um, but you know, the thing we talk about is that wow tabletop experience. And the goal is even if you didn't buy a bed from us, I want you to go home and talk to the dinner table about, I got to tell you about this experience today. Like that was unbelievable. These weird guys in pajamas did this, 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 and this. I smelt it. I saw it. I'm now going to put darkening in my room and I'm going to put my phone away before I go to bed. And I'm going to do this because of these guys, but I didn't buy a bed from them. Cool. Like, how do we, how do we just change the conversation? So that's our business model is to go to a, a community near you and to help partner with the right people to disrupt the sleep conversation in that area and have fun doing it. Like we do it. We, we have so much fun around here. That's the key to this stuff too. You gotta smile while you're doing it. You gotta love what you do. You hide it so well. Ew. I can keep going, but I'm solving myself. I'm like, ah, that's probably enough. <laughs> I like get excited. Anybody that hasn't experienced news, uh, you know, you know, find your way to Matt, find your way uh, to Colorado to see kind of that, the, the house that built it. And, and I know that you're getting lots of phone calls. You're easy to get a hold of. You're all over social media. 100%. When you think about helping 20 million people sleep better, does that happen through the vehicle of the stores and, and the owners of those stores and the sales associates and the partners that work there? Is that what you're talking about? People come in. You change the conversation, you introduce them to sleep products and ideas and mm -hmm. thoughts and thoughts and knowledge they can apply in, in their homes and their sleep every night. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I believe that that, and then them telling other people, and it's really is like, if we could sell a million mattresses and then they sell 20, tell 20 people each. Cool. We did it. If we sell 10 million mattresses and they sell two people each. Cool. We did it. But I, I do believe that it's a generational conversation. I think you are doing an amazing job having that conversation with so many people and even people that have been old school, they've been doing this for a long time. You're opening their eyes to, oh, wow, it is has nothing to do with the money. It has to do with bringing it up because it's the right thing to do for the customer. And so many customers 
I mean, I, I can't tell you how many millionaires I know that are like, I sleep on an $800 bed. They don't know. They don't care. It's not a priority. We need to make it a priority and have this conversation because it's sad. And if you change the, the conversation, you're going to sell more beds on the sidelines too. But I, you know, we, we purchased a mom and pop's place and turned it into a snooze to show that as well. And I believe just learning from other people when you're, when you're by yourself in a mattress store or a sandwich shop or whatever it may be, it is so much harder to level up and it's so much harder to stay in the game and, and mentally and strengthening against your competitors out there. But when you're in a franchise, you're part of a family and we're learning from each other every single day. And it's not you against that competitor, those three competitors. It's, it's this entire building that'll run through a wall for your success. And if I don't know it, I know smarter people like you in my life that'll probably have the answer. Somebody out there that that's our commitment is like, we will figure it out and it's not you against the world. It's like, it's us and we will always be evolving and we'll always be one step ahead because we can still pivot. We will always, the good news is we're this little guy that's, that's fast and furious making decisions and, and trying out new things that I think are needed. But also if they don't work, we're able to shift. That's okay. Well, and that's going to be invariably in business. I mean, that's, that's it. You're going to have to be able to, to pivot. You know, are you a speedboat or a Titanic? You know, can you make quick turns or is it going to take a long time for this ship to, to swing 180? Mm -hmm. um, and I know you guys are doing that. You're figuring it out every day. And, and that's the beauty of, of the model, I think, that you, you've deployed um, in the franchise space is great. We have an open loop of communication that we can feed this, uh, this core kind of beast in a positive way and deploy ideas based on what that feedback is. And then mm -hmm. we can scale those out again. So I know it's always a moving target. Business is fun. The sleep industry is so fun. The impact we're having on people is fun. And I can't wait until we look at each other and give each other a huge high five and a hug and say, there's 20 million right there, 20 million lives impacted. And that, and that life yeah. that's impacted is generational health and generational wealth. 100%. Because I truly believe if you're healthy, if you're sleeping good, uh, all the good things in life, um, they have much more of an opportunity to flow your way. Now, one thing that's also really cool that you do, you do talking about experimentation and moving fast and furious, Undercover Billionaire Bootcamp. All right, tell oh. me about Undercover Billionaire Bootcamp. Yes, I'm speaking. You're kind of a big deal. Um, is this even going to go out before that? I don't even know. doesn't even matter. But if you are, uh, if you want to come out, this will be pretty awesome. But yeah, I, I think it was, it was definitely inspired by Greg Cardone. I mean, if I've learned anything, the older I get, even when Grant and I were given pitches for marketing on the show, it was, it was funny to me how many people were still very like, oh, we, uh, you know, we, we still do word of mouth. You know, we, we still shake our customers' hands one-on-one -on -one to build our business. And it's like, good for you guys to be successful. And then so many people that were like, oh, no, I'm, I'm making six figures. I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't need any more money. I don't want the headaches. And it's like, okay, like there's a mentality there that I think that I've learned and I know me and you have talked about, like, if you want to grow exponentially, you've got to do it on stages and stuff like this. I got to get on your podcast. You get it on my podcast. My people learn about you. Your people learn about me. But then to me, it's not even about like you and I probably got more done outside and before the 10X conference than we did during it. Like, yes, there's amazing speakers and we both were very inspired and learned a lot, which we're going to have some of the most incredible speakers on the planet here. But you're going to have that opportunity to, to really hang out with those people. As you and I talked before this, I mean, we've got an NBA coach that's going to be there. We've got Sage to be Brecca here soon. Uh, maybe why this comes out. But, you know, Gary Brecca's uh, a fiance. Um, Elena Cardone, I'm still trying to get Grant there. We were talking this morning, trying to figure out how I can get him or at least virtually, but there's going to be somebody, we, we talk health, wealth, 
family, self, and spirituality. These are the keys to being successful in life and all of the aspects of your life. And there will be somebody that will be the best in that industry at this event. Then not only will they be there to help inspire, but you'll also be able to have some time with them and, you know, and hire somebody or meet with somebody or become best friends with somebody that's, that's there. So I think to me, it's, it's about bringing that community together, which you do an amazing job with the, the mattress industry. And you know, ours is going to be less mattress people and more entrepreneurs and more like-minded people. Um, but they're all the same. We're all a bunch of weirdos that want to change the world. And that's who we bring together to change the world. You know, you got to think uh, obnoxious enough that everybody can be like, you're an idiot. And that's, that's the kind of people that we want here. But that's, that's who you are and that's who you keep bringing together. So the 10X Undercover Billionaire Bootcamp is just the start of the masterminds that we'll be doing. And, you know, I'm excited about like the, the parenting ones and, and you know, the, the, the husband and wife ones of me and my wife are starting a, a podcast uh, called Same Page. And it's just about like the, the things you got to do to be on the same page. Like it's not easy, but it's, it's the, the thing you have to protect. None of this all matters. You got to protect the things that matter most. And I know you and Tara are like, freaking soulmates, man, like bleed each other. I love that about the two of you guys. Like it is so, and it's, it takes work though. I mean, none of this is perfect, but it takes work and it's putting that out there and making sure you have the tools. I also say that like, I have been blessed with a lot of cheat codes. I believe buying into a franchise like mine is a cheat code. Now you're learning 10, 20, 15 years off of your life. And a, an event like this is a cheat code. Like, yeah, go ahead and keep learning and keep touching the hot fires and learning. It could take you 10 years or find somebody that's already done it and learn from those people. Like that's, that's, that's life, you know, and, and ask, be willing to ask. But I think the, the whole event is going to be just a bundle of joy and energy and ice baths and craziness and fun, but it's going to be some big players here. And it's just, it's new to me. It's the stuff that scares me too. Like I put this on last year for the first time. I'm like, oh, I'm not an event person. I don't even love this out on my stages. This isn't my thing, but I'm like, monkey list check. And now we had to follow up with another one. So here we go. Like, uh, I, I think I'll enjoy it more and more, but I do know it's how you get it's how you affect more people. That's right. And your vibe attracts your tribe. We've talked about that a lot. And I, if I could say anything to anybody, when you're thinking about that event, um, you've got two mentalities that I've developed when it comes to events. Number one, maybe it's not a perfect event for you, or maybe there's no way for you to know if it's a perfect event for you. So here's, here's your hack. Go into that event with a clear, singular intention. So... I mean, this happened at the, the 10X thing. I went to, you're like, Kinsley, you're coming. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going. I have no idea what this is. I didn't know any of the people. I knew Matt yeah. and Jenny, and I wanted to hang out with you guys. And, and But I did have an intention going in. My t intention was, okay, if it's 10X, it's all about growing. It's all yeah. it's a growth conference. Then my intention is, is one thing. I'm going to think exponentially bigger. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know how that's going to happen. But I went in with that intention, and I, I truly believe that I – harvested a great deal of information and grew some relationships that are going to make me think bigger, have made me think bigger. I am thinking bigger. Mm. So that's, that's one way you can handle it. Absolutely. The other thing you need to think about if you're going to go to an event is all this talk about, you know, success is 80 or 90% showing up is absolutely true. Show up. The people that don't show up these days are the people that are missing out on, on generational health, wealth, relationships, mm -hmm. ideas, mm -hmm. these catapults and these springboards that you will not have access to unless you show up. And I tell you, one of the things that happens that, you know, I do my dream camp events and we're doing sleep summit coming up in October. The people that, that were there have these lifelong relationships, these inside jokes, these shared moments that matter. And there's only one way to get it. And I'm telling you, it's not virtually.
I love it. And I couldn't agree more. And I think that is such a lesson. Anybody listening out there, get in the room and don't just get in the room, but use that room. You know, one of my good friends, John Warden, we were talking, he owned, he owned a Chick-fil-A and he was like, it's one thing to get in the room, but that's just the appetizer. You got to use that room to your advantage and go meet the people and mingle. Don't just sit in the back corner and take some notes and leave. Like you're there. Start to get out and meet people. Don't just go to the bars afterwards and drink with your same old three buddies that were there before. Like Get in those people that are inspiring you and start talking to them. You'd be surprised how many people give you all the time and energy you want. You just got to go ask for it, you know? So be inspired and, and, and just go open-minded, like you said. I mean, I'm, I'm always, I, I love to hear other aspects of life and business because I'm always trying to learn from how other people do it that aren't in our industry to like, oh, how do we bring that into this industry? Like there's so many, like success breeds success. And, and you and I are the type that we'll share each other's ideas. Like we're not competitors. We don't, we don't care. I want to level you up. You want to level me up. Like that's how life should be. It's way funner by the way, too, to not try to protect all this stuff, but give it out there. And to your point, like Ken Jostling and, and Michael and Broken, like some of these guys that I have met through this 10X and through, they're some of the best speakers in the world. One of the top 50 podcasts in the world that's going to be here. Ken Jostling speaks all over the world, but they're friends now. And now they're like, Hey, I'll fly out there for you. They're doing it for free. They're doing it because they love me. They're doing it because they love what's going on. Like, and now I, well, we support each other though. Like we're all, I'm going to do it for them. I'm going to do it for you. You're going to do it for me. Like it's all, it's all about the community, but level yourself up in the room. I'm not in a room of, of, of a couple mattress guys anymore, or uh, a guy that owned a couple carpet cleaning businesses. I'm trying to figure out how to double my sales volume. I'm in a room now of billionaires that have done it or a hundred millionaires that have done it or people that are amazing parents or whatever. Those are the rooms I want to be in like that. The amazing people rooms that I control that the older you get, the more you learn, you control, you're driving the bus. You get to pick who gets on the bus and who you take off the bus on this journey, but the bus is going to crash and you're the driver someday. Be protective of who's on that bus and keep leveling that bus up with people that are leveling you up. And if you look back at your story, I mean, if you press rewind on this, this podcast and you look at Matt growing up with a single amazing angel mom, and getting stabbed when he was 18 and going from the cell phone kiosk at Walmart over to a mattress job, starting a bunch of businesses along the way, taking chances, taking shots, talking to people, letting people help him, helping other people. Mm -hmm. Keep showing up, keep doing the work. And then you go from a couple of carpet cleaning businesses trying to up your sales volume to, like you said, having events with billionaires. Yeah. And this is not, and I'm telling you, this is not some sort of Horatio Alger story pipe dream. This is showing up, doing the work, being a good person, taking care of yourself, taking care of people around you, being grateful and saying, good, what does 100%. this allow me to do? And, and you are such an inspiration, Matt, to so many people. I, I just loved, one of my favorite parts about spending time with you when we went to, that, to the conference in Vegas, it really was, besides that cold, cold ice bath, man, it really was the time we had together that was the most special. Then second to that was seeing people's faces when they came up and asked you, are you Matt Smith from Undercover Billionaire? And so, you said yes, and you had clearly touched their hearts. It, uh, I saw it all over their faces. I appreciate that. But yes, it was, it's, it's still weird to be anywhere and somebody said, hey, Matt Smith. It's, uh, it's an awkward thing for sure. But, you know, I think just to back up what you're saying, what I'm saying, I, I do want people to understand that like being in a room with billionaires is not, that's not the purpose either. Like find your why. My why is being a father and a husband and, and taking risks and having fun doing it, but find your why and then go for that. Like success does not mean money. And I think it gets construed all the damn time. The more money you have, the better off you are. And I know some of the billionaires out there that are absolutely depressed 
money cannot buy you happiness, you know, find happiness and then, and then work it from there. So I, you know, just advice outside in is this, what is your why? And, and, and attack that. If it is, I just want to open one store and I want to be make X amount of dollars and, and change my community. Good for you. Do that and be the best in the freaking world at that. And if it is one, yeah, if I want to open a thousand stores and do 20 million, well, it's, it's going to be a little harder journey, but it's still like, you know, Grant told me, I'll never forget. We're having breakfast. He goes, you know, the difference in my problems, Matt, and your problems. And I was like, I don't know, Grant. And he's like, mine have more zeros, but they're the exact same problems. Wouldn't you other have my problems? Cause I got a jet with my problems. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right. Like there's a convenience to that. I don't care about owning a jet, but I want the convenience of owning a jet someday. Like who knows? But it's real. Like the more I learn is there when I had a carpet cleaning, one carpet cleaning guy in a van, same problems that I got right now. Just a lot more people, a lot more, uh, you know, influence involved in everything you do. And going back to what you said about finding your why, when you find your why, that's when you move from black and white, dreaming in black and white, to dreaming in technicolor. And that is our quiz question of the day. So we got to go ahead and answer that. All right. So the sleep summit quiz question of the day is what percentage of people dream entirely in black and white? That's to me. I have to answer that. Well, I know the answer. It's 57.3. It's obvious. 57.3 people are in black and white versus color. Something obvious. Section 2.3. Uh, yeah, I read that. Of the Sleep Nerds Manual, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I read that. What is Dreaming it? in black and white. We want you to dream in color, and I hope this podcast has helped you do that. But it's 12% of people actually dream entirely in black and white. Now, Inquiring minds also want to know, in addition to your little sleep nugget of knowledge today, where is the strangest place that Matt Smith has ever slept? Well, yeah, before I get back to that, let's let's go back one. If I can, I'm going to take over this though. Sorry, but I, wait, like one, how the heck do they prove? Nobody's like, I don't even know if I'm in black and white or of color. How is that even a thing? Like, how do you know that 12% of people black and white, they just surveyed a hundred people and they like, watch their dreams? How does that even happen? Well, it's self-reported. So you're going you're gonna to survey a large set of people. You're going to say, you're going to ask them a bunch of different questions. And one of them is going to be, did you dream of color? Or did you dream of black and white? And eventually they get to the data that says, wow, 12% of people actually just dream in black and white. So self-reported. So they, I mean, great point. Maybe they are dreaming in color, but they remember it in black and white. Right. Or they don't remember it at all. Like I don't rarely remember all my dreams. So I think my 57.3 is probably more accurate, but it's just the reporting of self is not really the data that I was looking for. So I didn't know that before I answered it. I would have said 12. You can make the numbers tell any story you want to tell. That's my brain is just like, how did they even come up with that? But it's interesting. And I love that because I want to, I want to like put something on my brain that like Elon Musk got to have something. I could wake up and like watch it on TV the next morning. What did I dream about last night? Oh, surely he's coming up with that. I mean, okay, let's invent it. Let's do that. Can you do that with all this magical IT stuff you're doing out there and AI stuff you're doing out there? Come on. Surely we could chat GPT this and it's going to spit out some. Okay. Um, All right. I'm getting off topic here. So I'm trying to think of like the one that comes out because we're talking about party buses is so eBay had come out. I'm in the mattress store and I'm, I'm on eBay and I'm bidding on a bus and I have no idea why. I just like I'm bidding on a bus and I win a bus in Des Moines, Iowa. Otherwise, you know, it's the one. That's Moines, Iowa. And I won this bus. So I was like, oh, crap, I won a bus. And this guy had this giant bus and it had like literally flower couches inside of it because he used it as a party bus for his bar and he was selling everything. The thing I wanted for 1200 bucks. And I'm like, okay, now I got to go get this bus. So I recruited two of my best friends, uh, Rooster and Gabe. 
and my dog, Apollo, and we road tripped to go to Des Moines and we literally slept in the bus in every little town, college town on the way back and partied and, and like, it was, it was disgusting couches that like had, I'm, I'm pretty sure had a lot of things that happened to them before we bought the bus on those couches. A lot of like stories could tell, but, uh, that was probably one of the most weird places that I've ever slept this on a bus. You guys did not break out the black light, which that's a pro move. <laughs> definitely no black light we just we just went from town to town and uh kansas there was a little party town in kansas i remember parking it downtown and then we woke up and there was like strangers in the bus like we slept with random there were strand people everywhere and i'm like all right this was uh yeah one of those those things so there was a disgusting party bus that i remember back in the old partying days i guess so what was the most awkward that you've ever slept in oh the strangest place i've ever slept so I've had guests ask me this question also. Uh, so I have a lot. So I'm just going to keep going through my catalog. I'll give you one in the spirit of a road trip. Uh, in the spirit of a road trip, I, I was one time stuck in Boston. So I moved there for a few months with a friend of mine. And we had the third worst blizzard of all time in Boston. They had a big nor'easter blow through. So much so that I lost my car. And it was parked out on the street. Don't know where it was. Like this, it was literally buried. You could not see it, find it, dig it out, nothing. So I'm, I finally, after about seven days, a thaw starts happening and I get my car dug out because I was going to head back to the Midwest and my license plates had been stolen. My muffler had rusted off and I had one headlight and I had this black Honda Civic two door. And so off I went. And so I literally had filed a police report. So up in the window, I had the police report and then I put on a piece of cardboard with red tape that said, License plates stolen in South Boston. See driver for police reports. Nice. No money. I was completely broke. And I was, you know, tail between my legs, heading back to the Midwest to try and regroup. And uh, I ended up doing it with only one night of sleep in the parking lot of a hotel, basically with my computer monitor, my computer tower, like tipping over on top of me. And I had to sleep in the driver's seat. And I, I couldn't even lean it back. So I just slept just sitting there. It's all the And so I woke up the next day and found gas and off I went. But I just remember thinking to myself, <laughs> kind of similar to what you were saying earlier, like, this is not who I want to be, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I never like, I'm not going to go on a bunch of them, but I remember one of my, some of my best days were sleeping in the car with buddies. Like we would go skiing and we couldn't, have, we, could, we could barely afford to get the ski pass, but we couldn't afford to get a hotel room. And it was so far away, we would just sleep in the car. So we'd like drive the night before, drink a couple of beers, wake up in the car and go skiing and stuff, you know? And it was like, it's, you do what you got to do. do. What you got to do, man. Well, and I'm a I giant, big guy too. Yeah, you are a big guy. I mean, Part of the bus, though. And now you have a new bus. And what we talked about offline was, hey, buses are cool. Like Scooby-Doo <laughs> and the whole crew, they had a bus. The A-team had a bus. You're only cool if you have a bus. And when you have a snooze train bus or whatever we're going to call this, the snooze sleep bus. It's coming to a town near you. It's it's gonna be pretty epic. We got blimp. It's coming this month too. Oh, we go. Blimp, naturally, of course. I. It's gonna be there for the grand opening in in Castle Rock. We have a blimp. We have a giant bus. We've got DJ equipment. We have bounce houses. We've got pizza stuff. We got a crazy party going on at Castle Rock here soon. And a random pillow fight's gonna break out between people in blue pajamas. I cannot think of a better business than that, and I can't think of a better human being than you. Thank you, Matt Smith for being Love on the show, the Sleep Summit show. 
It's an honor. Um, I love you, man. I, I'm love so you, excited dude. for everything you do. Make sure to follow Matt Smith on LinkedIn and Instagram and all the socials. There's nobody better in the world than you. So I just, from the bottom of my heart, I, I appreciate having you in my life. I appreciate you, what you stand for, who you stand for. Mark my words on this podcast. You will single-handedly change the industry that we are in. Uh, not single-handedly. You're going to have a team to do it. But you are the guy that is set up to destroy anything and everything that's going on and just really do it for the right reasons. You are always doing amazing things with the right people. So blessed to be in your life, just a small part of your life and excited to see where all this goes. But you're a special man and just honor to be here. Thank you so much. And I'll tell you, just to cap that, it really is about this community. and. When I think about it, even if you have a small chorus of voices, maybe that's not the biggest group in the industry or the biggest group in the world, but even that small chorus of voices singing the same song, it's going to be the loudest because everybody else is going to be humming a different tune. And mm -hmm. there, you're going to hear this sweet music from these people that are singing from the same hymnal. And mm. that is where things really start to be special. And it doesn't have to be huge. I hope it is because. At the end of the day, we're trying to make sure that people have amazing, life-changing, health-producing sleep that leads to the best possible life. Hey, man, you made everybody's life here today better by sharing your story. You're, you're quite a dude, man. You're a bad dude. I appreciate it. Can we, can we end with like singing that song right now? Because I know you're like, if you guys don't know, he is a karaoke professional of all karaoke professionals. Him and his wife can break out some karaoke. I didn't even understand karaoke until I met you. But I gotta, I gotta let you close this down. So like, can we close it on a song? It's gotta be one of your dad songs because I've heard you running around humming them. What, what are some oh, of the yeah. funny dad songs you see? You sing? Uh, last night, me and my daughter sang, we do Sunday Night Karaoke for the record. You inspired this. Um, and last night we had a duet and it was, I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princesses. Now, where did you last sleep? I don't know. But anyway, you're really good at this. Don't you dare close your eyes. All new world. Gonna change this industry. I'll take it anywhere. And everywhere. Don't you attack this whole new world without me. With us and that spine right there. Yeah. That is the weirdest thing in the background that we never even talked about is that spine. Oh, well, that's, okay. that's the next episode. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to talk about spines. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Smith, who's the man, the myth, the legend, the reality. Later, my brother. Love you, man. Woo!